what? I got a fever. You give me fever, fever in the morning. A fever all through the night. Give me that. Give me that year, and you're going to be a first round pick. I, so, I, I, John, yeah, go ahead. We've mentioned, um, you know, some fun guys today: Bowman, Spencer Rattler. We've made fun of. Uh, <laughs> Kalon Laybourne, you know, and his story of of the five star, you know, uh, Z- Zamir White, even, you know, top two running back recruit, two knees later, you know, That's- he's a he's a straight line runner who needs, uh, you know, with no wiggle and no receiving game, who needs Josh Jacobs to hold out a camp to have a, you know, right. So like class clowns, and you know, asterisk on this because I I usually love the class clowns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, so this is not a bad thing, but you know, what what other name am I going to use for this, you know, corny section of the show? Who are a few players who you're fading or guys who are slipping in Debbie rankings or guys who are like don't don't believe the hype, you know, the 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 funk is fake on 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 these guys. Um for for me, from a from a guys who have fallen and I'm wondering about them perspective, not necessarily that I'm fading them, but like, you know, it's just, it goes to show you how quickly this stuff changes. 2025 running backs like Jam Miller, Petaway, Omarion Hampton, uh, Trevante Citizen one knee later. And now like, I can't find them in anybody's Debbie rankings and I was excited to have them. So like, who are some guys who are kind of like slipping for you or that you're fading? Get out on Quinn Ewers now. Let This is alert. This is a red alert. If you have Quinn Ewers, get rid of Quinn Ewers now. Trade him for anything. There is way too much risk with Quinn Ewers. And I like Quinn Ewers last year as a college fantasy football asset with, with Sharks offense. Sharks been very good at quarterback development. He's had success. They have talent at the wide receiver position. My and this is the eyeball test. Quinn Ewers failed. I know he got injured. And stop talking about one half against Alabama. I don't care. Anyone, what is it? My dad used to say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut in a while. Mm-hmm. Like he had one good half. He hasn't been good since sophomore year of high school. What's I the get- problem with his game? Like, why is it not translating on the on the big stage? I, I think his anticipatory skills are poor. I think he's inaccurate, and I think he has happy feet in the pocket. Mm. The one thing, you know, is funny. My friend mentioned this more than my best friend. He's a Jet fan. And we had this deep conversation about Zach Wilson. Mm. You know what he said about Zach Wilson? I said, what my friend said to me, he goes, John, he doesn't like to get hit. Mm. If you play quarterback in the NFL – you have to enjoy being hit. You have to, it's a manly thing to get hit. Watch Eli Manning in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco 49ers. I don't think I've ever seen a guy take a beating like he did. Watch how many times Joe Montana got hit. Mm. I mean, hit. Zach Wilson doesn't like to be hit. I don't think Quinn Ewers likes to be hit. If you if you're going to play, I know people don't like it. This is a physical violent game. If you are playing quarterback, you have got to be hit. And the first thing everyone says on in the huddle, if you don't like to be hit as a quarterback, teammates ain't going to rally around you, brother. Mm. I'm telling you right now, I don't think Quinn Ewers likes to be hit. Mm. I think you have to be willing to get punched in the mouth as a quarterback. 
And that, you know what you whatever you want to say about Eli Manning, everyone, that guy was one tough SOB. What he played, 156 straight starts or some crazy number like that. Like, mm. look at you don't start a quarterback 155 straight games at the NFL level and win two Super Bowls if you aren't one tough SOB. And how many of us have seen Tom Brady get whacked? Like, he might get up and yell at his linemen. He might be pissed. But do you ever see Tom Brady? He just gets up and keeps competing. And I think that is such an under – like it's like something we don't want to talk about. This is a violent game. This is 300-pound men trying to take your head off. Who run a fourth any idea what it would be like to get hit by Willie Anderson of Alabama last year? Any idea? Well, sometimes I mean, when I when I jump off the train platform and <laughs> jump in front of a train, that's yeah, maybe you know that's. But I don't think Quinn Ewers likes to be hit. You can tell some guys the the clock in their head. You know, oh yes, it's, you know it's it's it, yep. they feel it they feel it even faster than they should. You know what I mean? I was watching um, Dan Fouts versus Joe Montana, 1982. Some of the hits that Fouts Montana took, the defenders would be ejected from the league right now. But those two guys just stood in there and they got smacked. But I don't think Quinn Ewers likes to make a long story short. He doesn't have that intangible, I'm going to sit in here and I'm going to get hit. Because once your teammates, especially the offensive linemen, once an offensive lineman knows you're going to take the hit, guess what? They'll do anything to get you to not let you get hit again. I, I just I just don't see the NFL toughness in him at this point. Well, I'm gonna maybe try to I think I have a couple shares. I, I, I might try to move him tonight. <laughs> I would move because I don't even think he's a first round pick next year. But that's that's a whole nother story. I think he's gonna have a hard time what to make his decision. Because they're going to want to play Arch Manning. I think they have a unwritten agreement that Arch Manning's a quarterback in 2024. There's not a Manning's not going to sit for two years. No way. So Ewers, I forget his eligibility. So because he had that weird like he could he's, go- he's technically a sophomore now, but like yeah. in, his, in his third year or some shit like that. Yeah, so, so like, he could go to the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesse, any, anybody slipping and fading or or guys you're wondering about that like you know. Might be oh, somebody you've heard bad buzz about. I, I don't really have my finger on the pulse enough yeah, to yeah. really know, you know, what the market's doing. I just kind of, you know, I'll I have you, my few Debbie leagues, but go ahead. I'll tell you two wide receivers I'd be willing to flip right now. Mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy and Barry and Brown. They're 163 and 166. Yeah. I know they're good and they have a role in the NFL as slot receivers. But their ceilings are capped. They can. I don't picture them being a fourteen hundred yard receiver at the NFL level. If Worthy didn't have the what we think was the hand injury or whatever last year yeah. and and performed better, are we having a different conversation? Because I'm with you as far as like just you look at the data, like the the hits on the hit rate on guys that small. But like for example, with uh, Troy Franklin. You know, he was 170, but you liked his length and, you know, his his savvy. So it can be done. So, oh, like, yeah. why, why not worthy, I guess, is the question. Well, because I think why what I'm trying to get to your listeners is he's worth a lot right now. You can mm-hmm. flip him at mm-hmm. his ceiling. 
Yeah. Like Worthy is on I think he's basically a first round pick in Debbie Leagues, if I if I'm looking, if I remember like, and I'm not going to bank on a player who's 163. I'm just not going to do it. It might work. And I think he's a really I think he's a great college wide receiver. Now the hands are a different thing. Like he did drop some balls and and Quinn Ewers, I think, missed him a few times. But at the NFL level, 163, is there any who is there anyone I can even comp him to at the NFL level as far as weight? I mean, how 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 slim is Slim Reaper, Jesse? Uh one seventy. You know, he's not he's not six foot, so he looks bigger. He holds his weight better. Right, I mean, not if you look at his lower legs. I mean, it, he uh, his no, legs his legs are, are so thick. skinny. You're right about that. <laughs> but you know, it, he's when you talk about culture, he's part of that Alabama culture. He kind of like set a new bar in the wide receiver room when he showed up in the Eagles. It's hard to do in an NFL room. I was very. I had Devonta Smith there. I think I had him as my third wide receiver because I do think he was different than the norm. If that makes any sense, like. He, he, I was willing to bank on him, and I saw his toughness. I thought he was tough as nails at Where, Alabama. What? Uh, you know what? What? I'm sorry. I, sorry to interrupt you, but when did you start talking about Trey Benson? Because I think I have him on my roster because of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably the first time I mentioned him, it must have been around June or something when Matt and I, yeah, I've been talking yeah. about Trey Benson for a couple because I'm a Norvell guy. I believe in Norvell and his offense. So I've been I've been talking about him for a while. So it was really I think it was I was debating him or the younger ATN, Trevor. Oh, Travis. Oh, you mentioned I was going to bring up one guy who I liked and and you talked about I like Trevor ATN a lot. Who would you take between those two? Trey Benson, last time to the NFL. When I have two running okay. backs who are about in the same tier. I'm minimizing the risk. Gotcha. And that means less games to get whacked. So I'll I'll take Trey Benz. Unless, I mean, I'm not talking about a schism. I think I have Trevor Etienne at number 11 or 12, and I have Trey Benson at, like, number 7 or 8. You know, there's not a big – now, if you're talking about the guy who's number – like, Singleton versus Devin Neal, I'm taking Singleton, right? Like, even though I love Devin Neal, Singleton, even if it's two-year wait – Singleton's a better prospect, but there's a big, there's a, a gully between those two as prospects. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. All things equal. I'm going to go to the guy who's fit quickest to the NFL level. Gotcha. So yeah, I think you were my type. Oh, you're right. So here he is, Devonta Smith, 60170. So that's why Troy Franklin, I think, is he's right. At, 170 is about the lowest I want to go. Hmm. Barry and Brown, 166, but six, well, listed as six one, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, um, 10 for what? I mean, it's box score, right? But 10 for 145 and a TD against Georgia, best defense in the country. Yeah. Um, gets Riley Leonard this year, who's getting some Daniel Jones comps, obviously because of the, the helmet or whatever, but is an intriguing, I think, you know, 2024 sleeper quarterback, sleeper-ish quarterback. Um, probably 
I don't know, is he an upgrade over Will Levis as a college quarterback? Like, could like well, so could he's actually getting Devin Larry? Oh, that's college. right. Oh, wait, where's Riley Le- Duke? Riley, Riley Duke. Larry's a Duke. I had the um, blue and white in my head. I was like, wait, hold on a second. Okay, it, yeah, yeah. He's getting uh, Devin um, Leary, who we kind of liked in a high-powered NC State offense, but doesn't seem to have, like, clicked with him, right? Like, you know. No, and he got injured. When did he get – maybe he got injured preseason or first game last year. We Like, it was it, – he was in my Debbie. I think I had him – there's another guy, right? Talk about DJU and Spencer Rattler. I had Debbie in, or I had Larry in my top 12 Debbie prospects last yeah. year. Now I think he's in my top 25. He's still right. on my radar, but he has to show me something. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry and Brown is going to be peppered at Kentucky. That's not the question. They're, we're going to look at his model of production, and it's going to be impressive because he played right away, he's in the SEC, mm-hmm. and he's going to get the numbers. But I'm not banking on a six foot one, 166-pound wide receiver. Um Who's the Giants Kentucky wide receiver that everyone has? Wondell. Wondell Robinson. We, but I thought this, I don't have any shears in the dynasty league of Wondell Robinson. I just thought he was too small. I have too a few. Small. I was, I was kind of fading him in, uh, and Calvin Austin, kind of similar size draft. Yeah, the same I, I love Calvin. I don't have, you know, I can't um, take Calvin Austin. I just, I saw, I, I saw some flashes from Wondell and I'm hopeful because of the, the dearth of, wide receiver talent there, you know, like be out of the we'll seven see. slot receivers the Giants yeah. brought in. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um yeah, I just I just realized Jamison Crowder. I was like I made a joke the other day about oh yeah the Giants will probably sign Dr- Jamison Crowder next. He's actually on the rest. Yeah. yeah he's actually on the <laughs> like I, I don't know who has is it more Colts tight ends or Giants uh slot receivers. I don't I think like they each have about like I counted yeah. nine Colts tight ends the other day, like literally nine that are still on the roster somehow. But you know, Will, just, Ma- Will Mallory is going to be the star of both groups. I just looked at my – you ever go back in early drafts? So I was looking at my Scott Fishbowl draft. I have Jelani Woods on it as like my third tight end. I think I took him in round 21. Another yeah. Out of those nine tight ends, I'm hoping Jelani Woods uh, is you know, round, round 21, swing for the fences. Um, That's, that's Brian. Mean. That's Brian's guy. Oh, I love Jelani Woods. Oh, I love the talent. Oh my God, he was so good at Virginia. Oh, he was really good. He's so athletic. Um, tracking student progress, John. Uh, who are some guys with a lot to prove or a lot to lose in 2023? Or is there a guy who you've had a hot, uh, uh, your eye on in spring ball that's going one way or the other that is notable? So my guy who I think has a lot of proof, but I still like him, and I think he's very underrated, Will Shipley of Clemson. I seem to be higher on him than consensus in the community. I have my number five running back in Debbie right now. 5'11", 200. Dabo's been pretty good at looking and finding running backs, all the way from C.J. Spiller, remember? I mean, he had that one great season – don't really know what, you know, but it fell apart, but he got to the NFL. We do have ETN. I think Will Shipley's super talented. Two years, he's got 54 receptions since as he was a true freshman. Five-star recruit. I like 200. Now, let's hope he shows up. You know, I had the same concern with Jamar Gibbs last year. Jameer Gibbs, he was 191. 
Let's hope that, you know, when Shipley goes to combine, he's 205, 210 maybe. Who knows what the exact weight is. There's always that X factor. Clemson's offensive line was terrible last year, folks. It was as bad as a good human. I think they were ranked, like, outside the top 100 in offensive lines. Like, Will Shipley, there are plays where you see him get blown up. You know, when, like, a running back gets the ball, like, the defender's, like, he might as well just give the quarterback, should give the defender the ball. Will Shipley gets blown up. Now, there's two things that can happen. You can get some bad traits, right, because the running back has to make things happen and you don't necessarily. But this happened with Cam Akers coming out of Florida State. Cam Akers' offensive line was so bad at Florida State. It was oh, awful. I remember that, yeah. Oh, awful. Now, forget about the injury. and We've seen some really good, really good highlights out of Cam, Cam Akers. I think he was a second-round pick. Maybe yeah, he was. Yeah, okay. Shipley, man, you've got if you watch Shipley film, you've got to understand how bad Clemson's offensive line was. And they had no passing game last year. DJU just throwing the ball straight into the ground. I think Shipley this year, if he has a season I project, he's going to end up with a hundred career receptions, like 40 career touchdowns. Over 3,500 yards rushing and a five-star recruit. And he's from Clemson. The NFL is going to like him. I like Will Shipley a ton. He's got a lot of proof. But I have him at number five because I believe in him. And that he can run between the tackles and to the outside. And here's something. uh, When I get running backs, I like running backs who add adversity. I like running backs in bad offensive lines. Teaches you how to be a better running back. Tank Bigsby, baby. <laughs> that's you know, I could be wrong on that's part of it with Tank, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you had Auburn's offensive line was a disaster last year, right? Like that's what I think one of the things, and I've learned this from and I like Wisconsin backs, but there's a lot of there's more failures. Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon were are very good NFL runners. But there's a lot of Monty Balls, Corey Clements, a lot of, right? Because that oak, that offensive line in Wisconsin just gives you wide open running lanes, right? Where you got you got these young men who play behind bad offensive lines. They really get good at running. So I think it's Will Shipley. And I'm going to give you a quarterback, because we haven't mentioned quarterbacks. It's Bo Nix. Mm. Forget about what happened to Auburn, folks. He's a thing this year. People are like, you know, he's could be uh, he's competing for quarterback three in the class, like anybody I, else, right? I I have him ranked ahead of Quinn Ewers, 6'3", 214, NFL size, ten thousand eight hundred career passing yards already, thirteen hundred seventy nine rushing yards, hundred and one career touchdowns, forty five games played. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. Where I missed on Brock Purdy, I thought Brock Purdy had skills, but I will say one thing. I think he could digest the NFL game plan so fast because he had so much experience at the college level. He's obviously smart. Mm-hmm. So many – you just said you were watching the Johnny Manziel. I watched that too. Johnny Manziel didn't know how to read a playbook, didn't look at film. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy does mm-hmm. and Bo Nix I think he can too you're going to have 55 career starts over 
And, and you've got to put aside the Auburn years. He was at Auburn when it was as bad as it's gotten in the last two decades. The mm -hmm. program fell apart. He, he was great at Oregon last year. You're going to look at him, and the NFL is going to like him. I think he's the guy. He's got a lot to prove. I, right now, if you ask me who's the third quarterback in the class, I think it's Bo Nix, not mm -hmm. Quinn Ewers. But I'm so tired of everyone just going on, oh, it's, Bo, it's Quinn Ewers, it's Quinn Ewers. Do some research, folks. Stop parroting everyone else who's just making a statement without watching any film. Um, so is there anybody who, say, like, has stood out in spring ball that kind of, I don't know once it came out of nowhere, but, like, you know, kind I mean, like, for example, you know, we don't like freshmen, but, like, Carnell Tate, right? He got the black stripe off, like, really quick. Right, and we, you know, we love that corny shit, right? Um, but I like him as a prospect. Is there anybody in spring ball where you were like, oh, okay. I mean, I, you know, it's only spring ball, but like, you know, it, it's it's meaningful in, in the cycle, the rhythm of the college football year. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you the guy I, I missed on. If we had this conversation in March, I never would have said this name. I wasn't even drafting him in my early CFF best ball leagues. It's Chase McClellan out of Alabama. Mm. All the drum beat. Listen to the drum beat out of Alabama. Same drum beat. They're going to run the football. 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 They don't have a quarterback. When was the last time we went all the way to what is it, August 16th? And we don't have a starter, a quarterback for the University of Alabama? So what are you going to do? Run the football, run the football, run the football. Chase McClellan, 5'11", 212, 6.2 yards per carry. He was a four-star recruit. He's the guy. He's Saban's guy. He didn't bring in anyone. Ironically, Saban brought in Gibbs last year. He didn't bring in anyone this year. And they were they were going to throw the football last year with Bryce Young. This year, they're going to run. Ty Simpson? Tyler Buckner out of Notre Dame? What are we talking about here? Jalen Milrow also in the Jalen Milrow? Yeah, yeah. They're going to um, run the ball. But close might have fifteen hundred yards. Ty Simpson, five-star prospect, though is there is is there anybody you're putting your chips in on among the, among those three as, as far as like this, an, an NFL upside guy there? So it's funny the reports and, and these are just tweets, reports. What you can take them what they're worth. Buckner doesn't even know the playbook yet, which I don't understand. <laughs> That's a whole different story. <laughs> Milro can't throw the ball. Yeah, he's so it's probably going to be by process of elimination, Ty Simpson. Yeah. Like, I don't think say I have not heard Saban publicly state one. It's not like he's come out and said, Ty Simpson is going to lead Alabama. Like, he's our guy. Mm. None of that. Oh, back to Shipley. Uh, Clemson's, yeah, getting a, Clemson's getting a new OC this year, right? Yes. A Garrett Riley from TCU. And look at what he did with um, Kendra Miller. Okay. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I like Shipley. So, uh, John, divergent thinkers is our next corny um, oh, no. uh, teacher category. So I love those students, you know, and I'm like, tell me how you, and they're like, I did this, this, and that, and they did it like out of order, creative <laughs> way, like, you yeah. know, just not what we expected. Is there any is there any guys who like don't fit like the traditional boxes like we've talked about size we've talked about pedigree we've talked about culture, but like 
who are guys that are still on your radar um that are you know guys guys to watch that that you're like you know this this guy may have x but i'm still in on him because of something else i'm going to tell you a guy like and i i don't think he's getting enough um discussion Tatoria mcmillan out of arizona mm. he was supposed to go to oregon i guess arizona flipped him at the last second. whatever that means you know i'm not like the biggest high school recruit but he ends up at arizona he's 65 205 Six five is right on the board. You don't want the six 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 seven, right? Those young men don't tend to make it at the NFL level. The body just doesn't work. Two oh five, and here's the thing: get old. He's not lumbering. He's got good feet, folks. He had as a true freshman thirty nine receptions. He averaged eighteen yards a catch as a true. Freshman, get over how he looks. He's more athletic than you think, and I like his feet. I think he's got a little bit of Drake London in him. I don't think he's as tough as Drake London. Drake London was very underrated. He was a tough wide receiver, especially in the middle of the field when he played slot when Amon Ross St. Brown was there. I think that's one of the reasons why he was a first-round pick. He excelled inside and outside. McTmac is really good, but he doesn't fit in our modern game. He doesn't fit the 5'11", 188-pound wide receiver who gets wide open. He's an X receiver, a classic X receiver. And there's there's a place for that, especially... Oh, without question. When we think about how there's, like, a shift back to, like, power run game and things like that, you know? Yes. So they're going to have to mix it in, the size and stuff like that. All right, John, extra credit section of the oh, no. of the show. Uh, just any 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 sleepers or deep cuts that we haven't talked about, like that people should look for, especially like when you're in a Debbie startup or a supplemental when you've got like, you know, a lot, a lot of picks and you're like, I don't know, it's like the seventh round of my supplemental or, you know, my, my you know, like Jaden Rashada or something like that. You know? Well, let's talk about tight ends. We okay. haven't mentioned any. If you're late in draft, I think the Debbie community is starting to, to shy away from the tight ends. Mm. So you might get – here's the thing. When people run away, value opens up. Brock Bowers, everyone knows. We're not going to talk about him. I think Jatavian Sanders of Texas is really interesting. If you're in the fifth round of a Debbie draft and Jatavian Sanders is on the board, I'm taking him. Mm. 6'4", 241, five-star recruit. Athletic is all heck. He I might, might say, "Why?" I might say, "Good luck." Um, Why? What find, do you mean? I, I finding him there. He's. Uh, I would. Guess oh, okay. I mean that. Earlier. Okay, so you don't think he's lasting that long, even? No, in- I don't. Okay. Um, let me see that. Let's bank on some systems. Benjamin Yorsek, Stanford, 6'2", 242. four star recruit. Stanford historically has been very good. Zach Ertz, there's a bunch of guys who get drafted and play in the NFL level. I can't. I wish I could remember all their names, but I can't. Another interesting name, Brent Keithy, Utah. Mm. You know, he was starting before Dalton Kincaid. And he got injured. And, and third, he, Dalton he Kincaid got injured in the third the, no, fourth game of the season. Wally Pitt sort of thing going yes. on. Yes. Brent Keithy is 6'2", 222. He's kind of your Utah H-back movie tight end. Mm. 
His numbers, check this out, 148 career receptions. Very interesting prospect. Mm. Now, the kid who might blow every – I'm not as high on him. Some people really like him. Oh, no, never mind. Um, Theo Johnson, isn't he at Jack Jacksonville now? Um, no, Brent Strange is at Jacksonville. Oh, Brent – okay, Theo I Johnson. Think, I think Theo's still in, in college. Yes. I was thinking Brent Strange, sorry. Theo Johnson, Penn State. 6'6", 256. Mm. We know a couple things about Penn State athletes. Whoever's doing their strength and conditioning, they're out of control. When they go to the combine, the Penn State athletes at the skill positions, from Saquon Barkley to Mike Jacecki, all these, they do, Jahan Dotson, all their wide receivers, they do very well at the combine. All reports, and you look at athletic scores for Theo Johnson, he might break the bank at the combine athletically. If you're going to just, if you we were talking about Jelani Woods a little earlier, if you're looking for a guy who just is so athletically gifted, Theo Johnson is your guy. Is Deuce Robinson going to play wide receiver or tight end by the time he gets in the NFL? I think wide receiver, but I could, I could, it depends on the way it's hard. Is it a business decision these days? It is. I So. Because Dalton Kincaid is a big slot, but. Yes, he's going to get paid like a tight end as long as he's got that T.E. next to him. I know. Um, I think if you want to have a better opportunity to make it, I think the tight end is the better way. But you're not going to get paid as much. Right. Okay. Um, John, we love you. But one more thing. Okay. We we cannot depart without (laughs) talking about Maction. Can you just tell folks who may not know what Maction is? (laughs) why they need to in the middle of the week care about Ohio (laughs) versus Kent state. Like, please. There is nothing better. So matching first, let's say Maxion started is they obviously wanted television network coverage. So the Mac conference, they played their games on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings because ESPN is going to show Kent state versus Bowling green. Yeah. Yeah, and there is nothing better than <laughs> in early November turning your television on to Kent State versus Bowling Green and seeing a 38-33 game. They're defensively challenged, but they were way ahead of the curve as far as throwing the football. I think I was watching Ben Roethlisberger at Miami of Ohio was playing in the MAC back then. I'm pretty sure they were in the MAC. Might they might I might have the conference wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was playing in the MAC back then too. The MAC is just skill position players who might not be NFL prospects, but they could be late day three guys, special teamers. The coaching staff is going to throw the football for the most part, but then you get some runners. You get one or two teams who always have a good running back who can just bowl. Last year it was Carson Steele at Ball State. Nothing like watching a Mac running back who's just physically bigger than like Carson Steele was so much fun last year because he just dominated the defensive linebackers and defensive backs at that level. But I love Maction. If you just want to see offensive football and enjoy a game, it is unbelievable, the Maction. I love it. Now, last year, we actually took a step back from offensive production. So I'm hoping that we get we get a little bit more offensive going again this year. 
But, man, I, before last year, it was just 15 years of goodness in the MAC. Mm. So um, here's my pitch for you, John, since you're the uh, the ambassador of college fantasy football. Um, one thing that I've thought about, a running back yardage in the MAC counts in my college fantasy team the same oh, yeah. way the yardage for Alabama versus LSU does. And to me, the discrepancy between that level of game is not the same as when, for example, the Buccaneers are going to play the Cardinals this year as opposed to the you know Bills and Chiefs. The gap just isn't as big. It like it it almost seems unfair to like you know that the wide receiver two on Toledo, right, is going to get like 145 yards and that counts that week as much as you know somebody else in like you know in a P five. Like, am, am I am I is that is that just you know you just got to put up with it or is is there like a way to weight it, uh, weight the system I mean, a little bit or something? So I've never weighed. I think to me the fun of the college game is it's forcing me to understand that from a production standpoint that there are receivers at Kent State who can do as well as a receiver at North Carolina. Does North Carolina have better opponents, tougher opponents? Yes. But I want to watch a matching game on a Tuesday night and have my quarterback in the game. I want a matching quarterback with 36 touchdown passes. It is fun as hell. It is enjoyable, and you really get to know the player pool. I mean, I started a lot of this with my draft profiles on footballdiehards.com. And one of the things that it, college fantasy football forced me to do was I needed to know all – I think it was 126 Division One teams. You know, it was different. Forced me to know all the teams, which forces you to know the entire player pool. By December – there is probably not a name of a prospect that I don't know. Doesn't mean I broke down the film yet. Doesn't mean that I know everything about the player, but I know the player's name, and I can probably give you a pretty good idea of their production model. So the so I love it. The answer to this question might be <clears throat> just follow John on on oh. <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you know, read his stuff on Fantrax, or you know, read his stuff on Die Hard. Shout out Bob Harris, but. I'm say I'm a new player to Debbie C to C, you know, college fantasy, whatever. And say like I kind of like college boy. I watch a little bit on Saturdays. I know a thing or two about a thing or two, but I'm intimidated by 133 teams, <laughs> not not even counting FCS. What are some corners that people can cut, you know, to to tap into to things? And is it just simple as just you know listen to what John says? No, it's, I mean, first, what I would do is know the difference between the Power 5 and the G5. And I bet you most of your listeners already know the Power 5 schools. Mm -hmm. That is the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the SEC, and the soon-to-be-gone Pac-12. But I bet you all of our listeners know those programs by mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So what you're really, you've already got half the player pool. You're pretty familiar with the teams. Then it is getting to know the G5. When I started playing, I literally would watch college football on a Saturday with a magazine. It used to be, I always had the um, uh, Libby's, Lib, not Libby's, Lindy's. 
And I and if it was, you know, oh, who's in the Mac? I would just turn to the Mac conference in my magazine and oh, okay, these are the Mac. And I just learned, right? You begin to learn who's in the conference. So, like if you want to really do this well this year, make an effort to say, you know what? I'm going to know the American Athletic Conference in the Sun Belt. I'm going to know them by the time kickoff comes. I'm going to know all. Let's I, maybe there's 22 teams. Shout out Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, Jesse. Coastal, <laughs> I love. You know how bad I would love to have a Chanticleers uniform. Like I, that's such a great color. Well, I love that. You can just grow a mullet. Oh no, I, I just you know family of three teacher salary. I just need to go. But you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't and, sound like I thought Grayson McCall was going to transfer out and become something. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Isn't that that is one of the weirder stories that why did he not end up at a power five? Because he's done everything he can and his coach left. So there's really not a reason to not go unless, you know, I mean, I got to be logical, right? No one wanted him. I mean, or he uh, likes uh, the uh, beach. I mean, Coastal I mean, is very that, close to Myrtle Beach. There's lots of colleges on beaches. I mean, maybe I'm not the smartest guy, but I think there's a lot of schools that have a, you know, like, so I'm just, yeah, he goes down my Debbie rankings because it is shocking that a power five program that needs help at the quarterback position, like look at TCU. I mean, I guess they do like, but like where he could have gone to places that needed a quarterback and he didn't. And that's yeah, kind Slovis of. Slovis keeps getting jobs, right? Yeah, I mean, so, slowly. Yeah, USC. So, how, so how do we? So how do we separate the guys? Like, you know, for example, on a video with Matt, you said it kind of says something about Roshan. <clears throat> he could have transferred and he didn't. Says so something about his character, right? Yeah, yeah, but we, th- that said a lot to me. How do we separate guys like that from like this guy didn't transfer? It must mean nobody wants him. Well, because of the difference between Power Five and G Five. Texas yeah. is a, a Power Five program with a. a Sarkeesian, who's a great coach, right? Mm-hmm. Coastal Carolina. I, I look at Grayson McCall. That team could finish five and six without their coach. I've seen these types of programs completely fall apart mm-hmm. when they have a very good coach leave the program. I mean, the amount of risk that he's embracing by returning to Coastal Carolina, if you're looking at an NFL career, that risk is incredibly high right now. Like, if he goes, let's just make it up. He goes to Alabama and he starts, everything's different. Everything's different. But obviously Alabama, no, you know, he, he wasn't getting that type of opportunity. So I, I think there's too much risk to stay at the G5 level. If I was going to give a couple tips to folks who are just getting into it or are intimidated by it, obviously follow good content like like John and stuff like that. Also, like, you know, take baby steps, take small slices. Like, my, I'm in my first college fantasy-only football league this year, right? It's it's best ball, right? Like, so, Perfect. you know, that's, like, that's what I can handle now, right? And maybe next year, I, you know, things like that. Like, one of my first C2Cs that I'm still in is P5-only best ball on the college side. Keep it easy on you, and then, yeah. you know, figure out the rest later, you know? So, it's – there's ways to kind of, like, dabble into it. So, speaking – I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. All right, let me say one thing. I'll piggyback off that. Yeah. The best ball is great because not only will you learn your roster and then you'll do a, no, a little research before you have your draft, right? 
But then you'll see, no matter where you finish, if you win or lose, look at other rosters. Let's say you finish in fifth place. Well, what did the first place roster do? How did they, how did that owner put together their team? Mm. Go over your draft. Where did I make mistakes? Did I did I not get enough running backs? Did I get too many wide? Like, and it'll teach you just one year of best ball will teach you so much. And that's great because you don't have to do waiver wire and you don't have to make lineup decisions. Or the other suggestion, get into a power five league only. You don't have to play with the 130. Get into power five only. That's 60, 56 to 60 teams. I forget exactly. <laughs> Depends if you add Notre Dame, you could do that. But then get in that, and the player pool isn't as large. The waiver wire isn't as intimidating. But then, and, and all those games are televised. I and mean, you don't. The, 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 you don't get no. seduced by Demario Douglas, yeah. right? Is that, um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know it's funny. I saw Demario Douglas. He's playing live well. last year. Mm. Yeah, he's, um, he's, a, he's a nice player. You know, I think I feel like Belichick likes him. I do. I just feel like it's Belichick they're, guy. They're, they're saying he's he's pretty much like the the starting slot there. So, all right, folks. Before John gives us detention, another teacher joke. Um, we're yeah. gonna like, let him go. Uh, Go play with his Huskies. Zeus and... Oh, Zeus, Mora, and Luna. We got three. Okay. All right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I didn't... I spared you singing the James Madison fight song because I spent a semester at JMU and I was about to sing it. I spared you the Rick and Morty story about J. Michael Sturdivant, which I can maybe tell another time. Otherwise, this maybe would have gone even, even, even longer. So, John... As I said, one of the first things that people should do if they're getting into this stuff is to is to consume your content. So please tell us where folks can can find you and your work. Thanks. First, let me thank thank you for having me on. I just had a blast tonight. It's so incredible to talk football, and we're only less than two weeks away. Um, but all my Debbie and uh, first all my college fantasy football information is up on Fan Tracks, and right now Fan Tracks is the only platform that you can play college fantasy football. Unless I know there's some people who might still do spreadsheets, but I'm way past that. Let the computer do it for me. So you can go to Fantrax. All my college face football, my player rankings, my player profiles, my projections. There's You can see over 100 player profiles. And I think I have almost 300 players ranked on Fantrax. So you can go there and see all of that. Plus, we have a mock draft, the summa cum laude draft. Everything that you need to get started. Go for it. Now, in the spring, I do my NFL draft profiles. I've done it for 10 years on footballdiards.com. And the rookie big board, I think you mentioned Matt Hicks, you had on earlier. Him and I do the rookie big board draft seminar. Um, next year will be our fifth year doing the video series. And it'll be my 11th year doing the prospect series, the written profiles for the footballdiards.com. And where can folks find you on Elon's Plaything? Uh, gridiron skull 91 i don't know what's going to happen on that uh I, i'm debating where i should go next but yes gridiron skull 91 on x i guess play, the play thing he calls it yeah um <laughs> i still call twitter myself oh no i'm i'm, I'm gonna be uh, you know one of the last people to ever change over to calling it x just you know for so many reasons jesse <laughs> uh jesse tell us about uh war games and where people can find you and all that jazz 
Yeah, so uh, Dynasty War Games on the Dynasty Warzone Network. Uh, we record on Sundays. We come out on Mondays. Right now, it's audio only, uh, but we are getting our YouTube game back together. Um, myself, Chad Mendoza, Austin Bell. We play games. We have a good time this week. We did a little deserted island. We figured out who the very best Dynasty assets over the last two seasons were. Um, and then, you know, who, who all kind of are subservient to those men. Um, but I, I want to really thank you, John, for coming on. I, I really appreciate uh, meeting you and, and getting to talk to you. You're such a wealth of information. I wonder, um, hopefully, possibly you might consider coming on War Games sometime. Okay, so I don't know you hit you, me up. Right on. I don't oh, know if you're, from, if you're familiar with us. Uh, like I said, we're, we're on the Dynasty Warzone Network, Memphis Young, if you're familiar with them at all. Uh, but yeah, I'm Jesse underscore DWZ. You remember on, your Twitter handle <laughs> on the <laughs> tweeters, and uh, you know maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll make it the same thing when we all migrate to Blue Sky. Hey, oh, it'll be my pleasure. <laughs> but yeah, John, I'm I am gonna hit you up, and I'm gonna hold you to that. Maybe just uh, have you on play a couple games, talk talk a little Debbie, talk a little Dynasty. It would be amazing. Look forward to it, my friend, very much. Right, huh? Okay, you can find me uh, ffjunkie underscore on the Twitter. Uh, you can follow this show at Dynasty Fever Pod on Twitter. You can find uh, me on Saturday nights, uh, Sar- uh, Dynasty Saturday Night Five, live on the Going for Two Live YouTube channel with Josh Walker. This week we're going to do risers. Next week we have a, a, a special guest. Uh, rankings and articles on Going for Two dot com. Going to uh, doing a major shakeup to uh, the rankings and, and tiers. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, show us how much you love us. We need to climb the charts in other countries besides Iceland. Please please go check out our YouTube channel. We put the clips up there, and we're going to be putting some videos up there soon. So please go, go show the YouTube channel some love. John, speaking of love, we love you. Thanks so much for, for coming on. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for listening. See you.